Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. People pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. Turn it off. Hey folks, welcome to a special episode of The Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. On this episode, I am talking with filmmaker Teresa Sutherland all about her feature film directorial debut, Lovely, Dark, and Deep. The film is playing at the Fantasia Film Festival, which is happening in Montreal at the moment. So check out the website for more details there. And definitely keep an eye out for Lovely, Dark, and Deep. It is a creepy film all about a ranger with some truly haunting scenes inside the woods. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Can you tell me a little bit more about you and how you got interested in filmmaking? I'm originally from Missouri, Southwest Missouri. I started my journey to filmmaking in, in theater, live theater. I wanted to do live theater. That was my passion. I went to KU to study it. There was a part of me that was like, oh, you're an actor. And then that evolved into, I want to direct. And so I wanted to direct light theater for my entire bachelor's career, the four years, if that was what I was working towards. And then at the end of that, I had a chance to take like an elective in film and just absolutely fell in love with it. Fell in love with how so much of theater relies on talking and telling the story and what i feel like my film style has been not talking a lot and that sort of storytelling is really interesting to me and so once i realized that that was a way that i could explore that it just took off from there and i 
decided to get my master's, like so study it. And the intention was like, I'll get an MFA. I can teach at a university. This will be great. And then my husband and I decided after we graduated to come to LA. We didn't plan. We didn't really know what to do with ourselves. And it just happened. <laughs> and not all in one day, of course, but it was just like, okay, now I'm here and doing this. And I've always just been like a very open person. If I have a story I want to talk about, if I write something down, I'll tell you about it. I'll share scripts. I've not really been, I don't really keep things close to my chest. And that sort of just led to the wind. And when I was in my master's, I directed a short film and Chris Allender, who is that soapbox saw the winter, which is the name of the short, and was like, "What would that look like as a feature?" And I was like, "It's never going to make this feature," and, but I wrote it just to see if I could, and sent it to him, and I was like, "This is what it looked like," and he was like, "All right," and that was like a September-ish. By January, we were hiring Emma. By September, next September, we were shooting in Santa Fe, and the next September, we were at Tet. So I was just like, holy shit. Oh my God. Now I guess I'm going to keep doing more of this. And I wanted to direct. It's always been like where my heart lies. And I didn't with the wind, but I was like, the next one's mine. The next one I write is mine. And Lovely Dark and Deep was the next one. Now, from what I understand, you were a big fan of camping when you were a kid? I did. I did. I, that was just where all of our vacations when I think staying at a hotel was like, what is happening? We are like high rollers right now at this Motel 6. I'm going to attack this ice machine. I'm so interested in the vending machine because we camped so much just to save money. It was easier for my family. Like, And so a lot of my childhood was spent in tents or RVs or things like that. And that's how I saw outside of my bubble outside of Missouri and really got to feel how things felt in other places. And so it's always been just like ingrained in my soul and my psyche. And I've natural spaces have always been a comfort to me. <laughs> it's always been something that I've that when growing up in the country, like anytime I was feeling anxiety or overwhelmed or anything, I could just walk outside and have trees and grass on my feet and things like that. And it was always a place where I could process what I was feeling. And so I, I feel like it definitely have brought that processing in a weird, twisted way. As <laughs> Instead of sharing my comfort, I'm, I decided to share the anxiety. <laughs> Lovely Dark and Deep definitely hits on that anxiety level and just cranks it up. I love it. Thank you. I'm so happy. <laughs> Thank you for making me so anxious. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so how did the movie come about? How, what was the process of actually getting this off the ground? I had it written when the wind premiered it. To, it I had a draft of it done. And after that, like... I started coming on board. I got an agent. I got a manager. They looked at the script. They were like, this is for you. This is what you're going to direct. I was like, absolutely. And so it was, that was like 2018. Uh, the next year, I jumped onto Mike Flanagan's show, Midnight Mass, where I met Alon Gale, who produces movies. I had no idea. I 
always the last to know what I'm doing <laughs> or what sort of conversation I'm engaged in. I just don't know anything. <laughs> and so I'm like, are you reading? Of course, like, no way in my wildest dreams was I like, this guy is going to make this movie. Like, none of my brain has made this connection. And so, yeah, sure, absolutely. You can read it. And he reads it. He's like, I want to make this movie. I'm like, okay, sure, make this movie. And so we start talking about it. And like, I realized, oh, he's actually <laughs> like, he gets his part. Um, Molly Quinn and Matthew Welty come on. Those are his partners in his company. And like, they, they're like, what are we going to do? So we find financing. I'm pitching to financiers. Like, it's all just like on the ground indie stuff. And then my reps are like, hey, Josh Waller, who's got this company in Portugal, has read it and he really likes it. He'd like to come on and talk about how he can help. And so Josh came on as a producer and just started happening. And then it, then we were in Portugal and I was just like, I guess we're going to make this. I guess they were serious. I guess everybody was not pulling my leg. And I, here we are. We're doing it. <laughs> what were some of the biggest challenges of getting it made? The pandemic. Yeah. Probably, probably the like Makes sense. Yeah. When you were talking about the dates, I was like, when did you shoot this actually? March 2020. I think it was like March 19th of 2020. We were all like, at my manager's office and like Matthew and Molly and Alon are there and my reps are there and we're like, let's make this movie. And then the next day they're like, everyone stay home. Nobody's making movies. And I was like, cool. <laughs> no, it's fun. And, but just kept talking about it, kept pursuing it, kept like pushing for it. And then at the end of 2020, Josh, really, we were all just trying to figure out how to make this work. And then Portugal just came up and we left. I brought my family with me. We left in the middle or right at the beginning of Delta. It was terrifying. I was absolutely freaked out of my mind. I'm taking a two-year-old to Portugal in the middle of the pandemic. I'm a creepy person. It turned out to be one of the safest places you could be. Really like lucked out in that. <laughs> I'm a mom. <laughs> There's a pandemic. There's so much that like stepping on set to direct my first movie really just felt like I'm at work. This is fine. This is fine. This is the part that I can control. This is the part I know how to do. <laughs> Let's do this part. <laughs> it was overwhelming and wonderful and terrifying and all the things that it will be for a first-time director with or without a pandemic, honestly. <laughs> what was your relationship like with your lead actress? Because she is fantastic. So wonderful. Georgina is such a force in just incredible because I was so interested in acting as a child and because I went through theater stuff and something that I just really enjoy about directing is just being like we we do the talk we talk about like anything we need to talk about and I'm there to help it but I am I want to see what you bring and watching Georgina just bring this character to life and just have these moments that if I had if we'd had a rehearsal and I'd been like, oh, no, this is about what I think. Like, that moment wouldn't exist. And I just, there's so many beautiful moments that she brought that she, I wouldn't have imagined that line ever being said like that or this moment ever looking like that. And it was such a joy to just watch her bring this character to life. And yeah, I, I, I got a lot of 
I'm all about visuals. I'm very much involved in like the visual part of it. I know how I want to see things and how they look, but just letting her work was phenomenal. We shot it in three weeks and I don't think this movie could have been done in three weeks if she hadn't delivered every time. The whole movie just rests on her shoulders. I do tend to do that too. <laughs> just here's a movie that's only you. You'll get some support sometimes when we need to get things out, but mostly you just have to make everyone understand what's going on. Thank you. Fantasia, is this your premiere? This is the premiere, yeah. Very excited for that. Excited to have an audience see it. I was just talking to Staley about how like I've just been a ball of anxiety for so long and ready for this to just <laughs> It's a fantastic film, and I know you're going to do great. The audience is going to eat it up. Thank you. I think that means so much to me. That's all I want is just for people to go and get creeped out and have a good time and feel like they have something, like that they got something from it, even if it's just scared, which is the best possible scenario. (laughs) I know we don't have a lot of time, but I did just really want to compliment you on your sound mix. Your sound mix was fantastic. Thank you so much. Some of it. A lot of the design happened in Portugal. We brought it back over and had Juan Campos at a Rocket Film. Do some detail work. He did the win, and it was such a huge fan of him. He's a fantastic human, which is so great too. But also, like him and his team, really know how to make like those quiet moments and those just know how to make them work in a way that like is phenomenal. Thank you so much for your time and best of luck at your premiere. Like I said, I know the audience is going to love it. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for talking to me. Whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village, though He will not see me stopping here To watch his woods fill up with snow My little horse must think it's strange Thank you.
Before I sleep. Before I sleep.